the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week number seven. I am your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And on today's show, we're going to run through our top five fantasy projected players at each skill position. We'll discuss players who are especially high and low on this week in the market, you know, fantasy, DFS props, all that. And uh, we'll throw out a a player prop for each position here to break it down with me. One of the most accurate fantasy football rankers and projectors in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, how you doing? I heard you're taking a lot of walks from the uh, bed to the (laughs) living room and and back. I'm I'm working on it. Um, (laughs) I probably rushed my return last week. Uh, I had a... (laughs) Pretty bad week, lost like five units. Still hmm. up 15 units on the air, so it was due for a slight correction, but sheesh. Uh, I, I managed to somehow hit my 49ers future, even though they technically lost before the Eagles. Since both teams lost, it was a dead heat. Oh, nice. So, they, so you like. I was wondering you, about that. Yeah, you win like half your bet, and then you lose half your bet. So it, it ended up cashing out six to one, uh, which helped wipe out an awful, awful week. But. <laughs> Physically, starting to feel a little better, so hopefully, you know, week seven can be better for me in more ways than one, but how, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing gl- glad to hear you're doing a little better. Right. Uh, I had a pretty great week, so I guess I held it down for both of us. Uh, I My only loss of the week, I went <laughs> five and one, I think it was. Nice. No, six and, five, and, five or six and one, but the, my only loss was Patriots plus three by one point <laughs> on right. the Mac Jones safety, and I just... I knew, like I was, I was like 1917. This feels too good to be true. And then I was like, <laughs> I wish the Raiders would just get this first down and end the game because like I didn't have money line, so I didn't really care if the Patriots won or lost. And I'm, the minute they had a kickback to the Patriots deep in their own territory, I'm like, oh no, like Mac Jones does not have the awareness. And sure enough, Max Crosby just ended my ended my shit, man. Was that uh, your like, first like, bad <laughs> beat? And like two, I feel like your your last bad beat was like the uh, the Gabe Davis, like the the Bills. Chiefs oh my god! AFC game two years ago. Well, welcome to NFL betting. The rest of us in the entire world have dealt with this <laughs> shit the past two years. Ew, so I'm, it's uh, been a yeah, crazy I mean, run. How, it's been a how crazy does it run. feel to have your first bad beat in like years? Yeah, it's not my first bad beat in years, <laughs> but I mean, it's been a crazy run. Like I'm I'm above seventy yeah. percent again on the yeah. year. So fingers crossed. Let's keep it going. Uh, but uh, definitely had one earlier this year. I had, like, under 39.5 Jets-Cowboys, and it landed on 40. So, I mean, it didn't feel like a bad beat, but, like, yeah. anytime you have a half point, you're going to be a little well, salty. Well, like Mac Jones taking the safety there. Yeah, that's, was just, a, that just, that's a brutal beat. That's yes. a beat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like what that, I mean. that. What is that? That, uh, that, that was the Houston college game. Was it Sam Houston or Houston? Like, when there was, like, a, a score, like, 12 seconds left, and then another score. Hail Mary, you didn't see that game this weekend? Oh man! Oh no, I missed I missed all the college mm. football games. But yeah, there were uh, some wild games. But uh, yeah. we digress. Let's <laughs> uh, jump in to our top fives. Start with quarterback. Who you got? Uh, I got Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. Where's Tua? Oh, he's right there. Yeah, I mean, 
Damn, he's, I'm two in love. Uh, I mean, the top five is pretty legit. If anything, um, yeah, if anything, he's number five. I haven't really updated Herbert's passing uh, projections. That, that makes sense. And yeah, after the yesterday. past couple, yeah, after the past couple of games, I can't imagine I bump it up. So yeah, I, I would say Tua in theory would be my QB five. But I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these top five this week. So your so your your spreadsheet like when you import your data, do you, are you still manually like updating like looking at like let's say Herbert's like at, like passing stats yeah. manually, or does it just kind of like update once you import? Yeah, it? like I well that's a great question. I have like two separate sheets. I have my raw projection sheet mm-hmm. where you know Herbert's going to be. Uh, a little bit lower, and then I filter that into my working sheet, which is more of a manual entry. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm looking at my updated projections in my main sheet, uh, but my you know manual. I know you have something like that. I know you do. I've yeah. seen it. Um, <laughs> it, it. Is you know, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, I haven't really translated all that over, but that's where that's where Herbert's uh, projection will be much lower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because I, I have. For me, you know, I kind of do it the same. Like, I have a manual override column for every column, but, like, it updates automatic. Yeah. So if I don't change anything, just by importing, it'll update. Right. But I think the big thing for me with Herbert is just that Kansas City defense. I actually have them as one mm. of the best pass defenses, like, for oppo- opponent, like, efficiency. So that's that's probably why uh, Herbert's, like, six for me. But I have uh, in the top five, Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, two of four. And, yep. and then Lamar Jackson, uh, number five. Makes sense. Yeah, if you have to, uh, by all means, play him this week. Fire him up. <laughs> like every week for the rest of his yeah. <laughs> life. Uh, all right, what, who, you, who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on Jordan Love. He's actually inside my top ten to begin the week. Uh, probably because there's a lot of teams on by. There's six teams on by this week. Um, and he, he is coming off you know, back-to-back rough games where he's throwing multiple interceptions in both games, but I think the bye week should help. Uh, you know, hopefully it allows, um, you know, Aaron Jones enough time to fully recover from his hamstring injury. I think his return will give the entire offense and Jordan Love a boost. Um, you know, Christian Watson has looked great. I, I think with the bye week, he's he's going to be even closer to 100%. I think he's primed for just a massive game. Um, so that's going to help Jordan Love. Uh, and it's just an easy matchup this week against the Broncos. They, they've loved the third most uh, fancy points to quarterbacks is here. So um, I think this is a good week to, to use Love as like a potential streaming option. So he's my uh, QB 10 to open the week. Yeah, he's my QB 8. So yeah, wow. I'm high in Love as well. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really that, yeah, that Denver defense. And, yeah. you know, Love's, he's got the arm talent. It's, I feel like what's messing him up is mechanics sometimes. Like he doesn't necessarily... He doesn't have his like feet set in the direction he always throws because he could just kind of sling it, and then yeah. it, he ends up being a little bit imprecise on some of those downfield throws. But he's got all the talent, and this is a bad defense, so this is one of those games you expect uh, Love to put up some good numbers. Uh, I'm high on Baker Mayfield versus the Atlanta Falcons. They're a pass funnel this year. They're number nine in DVOA against the run, 29th against the pass. Uh, so I have Mayfield inside my top 15, borderline streamer. He's QB 18 in expert consensus. But remember, he faced the Lions, top five pass defense per DVOA. That's kind of going under the radar. They've really improved a lot. That's why, you know, a lot, I was, a lot of people were, you know, loving the Bucks as a home dog last week. I was like, nope, taking the Lions. Like, this is this is a comeback down to earth spot for the Bucks. Predictable. Uh, and then he faced the, the Saints the week before that. They're number seven. And he faced the Eagles, who their numbers aren't great, but we know how much talent. 
the Eagles have on defense. So three really tough matchups in a row for Mayfield. Now this is more of a matchup where I think he can have some success throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, and those guys. So uh, like uh, Mayfield this week, I know he has the the injury, but I'm assuming he's going to play. He looks like he's going to play through it. Uh, so, uh, you know, as long as he plays, I, I like him as a top 15 option on what's a pretty ugly slate with all these <laughs> other far yeah. more injured quarterbacks. Oh, man, yeah, there's, there's six teams on by. And we might have Tyson Bajent, uh, C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer, P.J. Walker starting this week. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield's in my top 15 as well. Uh, who you low on? Uh, I'm low on Kirk Cousins again uh, this week. Um, you know, even with all the bye weeks and all these crappy quarterbacks starting, he's still like QB 20 for me. Um, and, you know, last week he finished QB 24 against the Bears. The, the Vikings just... You know, they didn't have to throw much, but even, even when the game was close on early downs, uh, their pass rate ranked 15th in the league. Uh, when they've typically been, you know, a top 10 team in terms of pass rate with Justin Jefferson. So I think they're clearly going to be more of a run-heavy team without Jefferson. Um, and this is just a brutal matchup. You know, they're facing the Niners, which could, you know, result in Cousins attempting more passes, but he's not going to be as efficient, especially without Justin Jefferson. So uh, he could struggle again here. Uh, so right now, you know, I'm viewing him more as a low-end QB2, which is a shame because earlier in the season, he was like a slam dunk, you know, mid-range QB1 option. But right now, uh, we just have to lower expectations until uh, JJ comes back. Yeah, it's just completely not the same. I mean, JJ was getting like 100 yards a game. Like, yeah. it's it's a total... Like, Addison is, is a good player, but just not not a true number one, at least not yet. Exactly, uh, yeah. Neither is KJ Osborne. Uh, I am low on Desmond Ritter. He's another one of these guys who, uh, despite all of the injuries, that he's still outside my top 20s, the QB 19 in ECR. Tampa Bay has the 11th best pass defense, according to DVOA. And Ritter, we know he just lost his first home game since elementary school, I guess. But now he's going on a road to Tampa Bay and he historically has struggled on the road. His completion percentage drops from 67% to 59%. His yards per attempt from 7.3 to five and a half. His passing yards per game from 230 at home to 177 on the road. Uh, His passing touchdowns from 1.2 at home to just 0.25, a quarter of a touchdown, one touch, one passing score in four road games uh, in his career, a 70 passer rating on the road compared to 92 at home. So, uh, tough matchup for Ritter. He's coming off two, you know, more volume heavy, bigger games where he played pretty solidly at times. I didn't like how he was playing against Washington, especially down the stretch. I just thought he, you know, he forced some throws. That that pick in the end zone was horrible. Um, but yeah, now this is like a comeback down to earth spot for Desmond Ritter, big time against this this Bucks defense. So uh, going low on Ritter here. Uh, what do you have um, his? Uh, passing yards projected for uh, that. This isn't my prop. I'm not bamboozling you right now, uh, but he's coming off back to back, you know, 300 plus yard games. Like how, how much regression do you see this week? Are you low two hundreds? Yeah. I'm about two twenty four. So it's not yeah, like okay. terrible, but, but yeah, yeah it's really the <laughs> touchdowns and, you know, higher chance of just bad negative plays on the road and mm-hmm. bucks D. So yeah, it's, just not uh, not a great projection, but yeah, passing yards. He's, he's getting up there. He's, it's like they're not afraid. A, they don't seem as afraid to throw anymore with him, but they probably should be. So, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what are what are we doing for the prop? Oh man, so uh, 
I was gonna go to his passing yards, but that's boring. Let's let's go uh, the bottom of the barrel here. Who will have more passing yards this week, Mac Jones or Tyson Bajent? Oh my God! And so Mac Jones is facing the Bills, and Bajent is facing the Raiders. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gotta go Mac Jones still. Uh, I mean, he's both of them. The thing about Bage, I mean, both of them, I think, are at risk of benching. You know, they have Bears will probably sign a veteran like Peterman, or if he's already, he might be back. I don't know. They release him every week. Uh, but I, Bage just didn't look good. Mac Jones hasn't looked good, but, um, yeah, I just, I still, I'll still go Jones on the, on the off. You know, we've seen Jones put up a big, a couple big yardage games when his team has gotten down. So, uh yeah, I, I oof, that's tough, but I, yeah, I still have more confidence in Jones than Bajet. Yeah, Bajet had a great preseason, but I think we've learned right. that the, these preseason guys, like not learned, like but are reminded right. that these preseason performances mean nothing. So yeah, I'll still go Mac Jones. <laughs> are we is, gonna uh, see? Uh oh, sorry, what's that? No, I was gonna ask like, is was Mac Jones the favorite? Because we need a, a tiebreaker. Like, is Mac Jones? Oh, I mean, they're not gonna tie, but I'll, I'll uh, yeah, Mac Jones minus a half. Um. Are, are we going to see Malik Cunningham uh, break out this week as a quarterback? I don't know. He had a couple snaps, and then but they and then they had a, I guess Zappy was the third quarterback. So yeah, I mean, who is it's, the, it's, uh, like like I I don't think he has wide receiver eligibility yet in like fancy leagues, but he's been playing wide receiver. He could get that, and then we could see him start. Who is that guy for the? Um, I think it was the Vikings. It was Webb. Uh, he, he Jamar- started. Uh, was it? Was it not Webb? What's this guy's name? Yeah, what was his Joe name? Webb. Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Yeah, he yeah. started at quarterback for the Vikings one week, and he had wide receiver eligibility. That it, there's a non-zero chance that happens at some point with Malik Cunningham this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it was weird because apparently he hasn't really practiced at quarterback all year. So Patriots are just, I don't know what they're doing on offense, man. I wouldn't, <laughs> right. even, no I wouldn't even try to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, but well, you know what everyone does love, Sean, and that's compliments. And compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible in little time. Men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles, and signs of aging. Enough said. Caldera Lab skincare. Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best first impression this fall. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female driven and has long been the wild west for us guys, but that's why they're making the solution simple with just three steps. One, you got the clean slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day. Number two, you got the base layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin. And three, the good, which is an eye serum you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. Use code TAN at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code TAN at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions with caldera lab sean who you got as your top five running backs for week number seven? Oh man this is a wild week at running back i haven't seen your top five yet but i can't wait to hear it uh <laughs> mine is 
Kenneth Walker, number one. Uh, then they have Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, and Bijan Robinson. I got. Uh, I still got Eckler number one. I think mm. I'll, I'll throw him back in there. Uh, but yeah, Walker number two, Etn third. Jacob nice. fourth and Raheem Mostert uh, number five. Nice, yeah. Uh, like how are you handling Christian McCaffrey right now? Just assuming he's out. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't have him at full, full, full yeah. strength. Um, but it sounded like he was going to miss at least. I mean, he's pushing a play, but it sounded. It, I heard a two to four week timeline quoted, mm. so I'm assuming he probably misses at least one week, and uh, you know we'll see see next week. But as of now, yeah, I have McCaffrey out, and uh, yeah, who are you high on? Uh, I guess Zach Evans. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself, but I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how Sean McVay oh, is going to handle the running backs. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, Kyron's out this week, it looks like. R- you know, Ronnie Rivers looks like he's going to miss a handful of games. So that should mean Zach Evans and Royce Freeman will handle the workload this week. Um, you know, Evans has been the RB3. You know, he is the sixth-round rookie. He probably has the most upside of the two backs. Um, you know, but McVeigh has been unpredictable, so he could opt to go with the veteran Royce Freeman here. Uh, my guess is, you know, Evans will probably handle most of the early down work with Freeman, you know, handling more of the passing down work. Uh, and just considering, you know, the Rams, they're, they're three point favorites. Stafford doesn't throw to, you know, his running backs much. I think Evans will have the more fancy friendly role. Uh, so just on, on a week where there's so many injuries, so many teams on by, you know, I think Evans is a you know an rb3 flex option for you know desperate managers um he does have a ton of upside he's not quite polished as a rookie yet he does have a ton of upside he just really hasn't hit it yet at the college level uh, or in preseason but he should you know see the touches this week so um I'm, I'm you know i'm ranking evans as like an rb3 flex option yeah pittsburgh has been been below average uh, against a run they're 19th in dvoa so uh Decent matchup as well for Evans. Uh, I'm high on Javante Williams going against the Packers. Uh, he's the RB20 in ECR. I think he should be inside the top 20. He's had a long rest after playing Thursday. Mm. Samaj JP Ryan is questionable, so Williams could get more passing down work. Uh, I feel like him and Julio McLaughlin will probably split most of the early down work. But uh, Williams due for some touchdown regression. He's gotten 154 straight touches without a touchdown dating back to 2021. And uh, you have this Green Bay uh, run defense that has been long been the weakness uh, of the team. You know, they are 26th in DVOA against the run. So uh, I think this is a good time for Williams and Broncos are playing at home. They are underdogs, but could easily win this game. So like Javante here against the Packers. Yeah, like I think even if uh, P. Ryan is healthy enough to play, I think they were kind of phasing him out last week. So this is more of a two-way committee. Um, and P. Ryan had a late, uh, you know, fumble late in the game. So uh, this should be more of a two-way committee. McLaughlin's look great, but uh, yeah, this is still like Javante's him. backfield. Uh, who you low on? Uh, I'm low on Brian Robinson Jr. Um, you know, he only ran the ball 10 times for 31 yards. Managed to salvage, you know, pretty solid fancy day considering he caught a touchdown. Uh, we can't really bank on receiving touchdowns from him most weeks. So, uh, you know, he's going to be pretty dicey going forward. If, uh, you know, Chris Rodriguez continues to eat into his early down work, uh, Rodriguez played a season high in snaps, ran the ball four times. That was one of the things that we pointed out heading into the season as, as a potential 
uh, downside for Robinson is if Rodriguez sees an increase in work because, you know, um, Antonio Gibson's already handling most of the passing down work. So D-Rob can't afford to be sharing early down work. And, you know, the commanders have just been very pass heavy under uh, new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Yep. So there aren't that many carries to go around. So it's just a bad situation for B-Rob. He had a great start to the season, but he's cooled off. And now with uh, Rodriguez seeing more work, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty low on B-Rob. And yeah, he's, he's probably, you know, more of a, you know, a, I would say high-end RB3 flex because so many teams are on a bye. But long-term, this is certainly a concern. Oh, wow, you're dropping a ball. I still have him as an RB2. I don't – I mean, he's – expert <laughs> consensus has him as a, pretty much an RB1. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, see. no, I, I'm, I'm looking right now. I have him a yeah, low – Yeah, 13th. Yeah. I have him, like, more of a low-end RB2. Yeah, I'd yeah. still put him in mid-range. I mean, against the Giants, he might I, he might pop up. I have to go rewatch the film. I don't know what – like, did, did he get hurt? Is that why Rodriguez got more work, or is it just Rodriguez just – no. Yeah, Jesus. No, they, well, I mean, they, they had a decent lead, but towards the end of the game, it was just a one-score game. Yeah, so I remember that. It, it I, wasn't we like, had so many chances. Yeah, it wasn't like garbage time or anything like that. And Rodriguez looked more efficient. So, you know, in the limited work, Rodriguez looked good. So, uh, it just you know, it's just a potential concern for uh, B-Rob. All right. Um, I'm low on Rashad White against the Atlanta Falcons. He is the RB19 in ECR, and he's a guy I think should be outside the top 20. Mm. Uh, just averaging 46 yards a game, rushing one touchdown on the year. Atlanta is a top 10 defense uh, in DVOA against the run. And the big thing here is Atlanta has been good covering running backs out of the backfield, giving up the uh, fifth fewest adjust schedule-adjusted targets per game, just over four, and the third fewest adjusted receiving yards per game just over 18 to the running back position and white has gotten 39% of his uh, 40% excuse me of his half PPR points and 48% of his PPR points from receiving so uh facing a, a team that defends running backs well out of the backfield he can't really afford to lose any production in the receiving game because he's averaging under 50 yards uh rushing uh you know Keyshawn Vaughn starting to get more and more work so uh, don't think this is a great spot for for Rashad My, White. He's more of a fringe uh, RB two uh, this week for me. Yeah, they they really haven't had anybody to really push his early down work. Everyone's been awful. Uh, you know, Sean Tucker flopped, uh, and this week it was Keyshawn Vaughn's turn. He ran the ball six times for nine yards. I wonder if they give uh, Leonard Fournette a call, who seems uh, ready yeah. to play right now. But uh, who knows. <laughs> All right, for uh, for the prop, we're going to go – let's go half PPR points. Okay. Najee Harris minus a tenth of a point versus Jalen Warren. Oh, a tenth of a point? So Yeah. Okay. Oh, so man. essentially, who, which one is going to score? <laughs> yeah. Because ECR actually has Warren higher. I, I have Najee a little higher, um, but so curious to where you are. I, yeah, I mean, I can't believe I'm in a situation where I'm picking Najee Harris over Jalen Warren, but I think I have to do that. Um, I, I do have Najee just a bit higher. Um, although, you know, it, it could be a trailing game script and Warren could get uh, a couple catches here. But, you know, coming out of the bye, I think that they'll lean on the run game and Harris early. Um, so, yeah, I'll go Harris here. But it, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, I thought that, I thought this is a pretty interesting one. Like, I, I'm with you. I have Harris a little higher. But ECR has Warren 24, Harris 27. So um, that, I like that, where their head's at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's just they, yeah. They've never really shown 
like they never really given Warren, you know, more than like forty percent of the carries. That's the thing. Like he does get the receiving work, but he just really yeah. hasn't eaten in as much as we'd like to the carry. So that's kind of the the holdup, I think, with him. Yeah, and, and like I, I'm still of the stance that you know people that drafted Najee in what round two uh, should not be happy about that, and people that drafted Warren in like round ten or whatever, like me, should be happy about it. But I'm not ranking him ahead of Harris yet. I think there's still you know maybe a few weeks for that to happen. Uh, but yeah, right now I still think Harris Harris has the higher floor anyway. Yeah, just based on the carries, I think. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that you know, game script could, could kind of be a little odd. But, you know, uh, that man, War, Warren's only had one game with more than double-digit half PPR points anyway. So, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of been ugly all the way around for this Pittsburgh offense. Uh, let's go to receiver. Who you got in your top five? Uh, so, I have Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and A.J. Brown. Yep, same, except I got same. Hill Cup, Allen third, Diggs fourth. Just because, you know, mm. Patriots, you never always, always yeah. bump him down a tiny bit. Uh, I think he'll be fine. But uh, Keenan Allen's just been dog-walking people, as usual. Um, <laughs> Can't go remember, wrong with Diggs or Allen right now. <laughs> remember when, when people thought Quentin Johnston when it was going to cut into, like, that whole thing? Like, that, that this is, Keenan Allen's just getting more targets now. Cut like, into uh, Keenan Allen's targets? Oh, no, well, no, well, just oh. by... Well, by <laughs> Because like, like, they had four guys, you know, they had Palmer at one point, yeah. Mike Williams out, but now it's just like Williams out. It's just <laughs> more targets to Keenan out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, I know you are high on one of these Charger receivers. So uh, talk to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm high on Josh Palmer. Um, looks like he's really taken over the Mike Williams role, just as being Herbert's number two target. You know, he ran around all of Herbert's dropbacks. Last night, and, you know, Quentin Johnson's out there running wind sprints. I thought he would see a little bit more work last night, uh, but he's just not there yet. Like, he, he is just not, uh, you know, Getting a open. polished. <laughs> well, uh, of all the rookie first-round picks, I think we could all say uh, he was the more raw prospect. Yeah. He was not ready for this. Like, the only reason he's seeing an uptick in playing time is because Mike Williams is hurt. If Mike Williams is healthy, he would not be seeing over a 20% yeah. run rate. So he, he's just not there yet. Palmer is clearly the guy. Uh, looked great last night. He's always looked good when he when he's had to step up. Um, and you know, Austin Eckler is rotating out quite a bit, especially on like third down plays. Um, you know, maybe they're easing him back. Yeah, that trend yeah. could continue. Sure, uh, but it was Josh Kelly running around twenty five percent of the time, and you know, he's not really seeing targets. So um, if that continues, that'll only help. You know, Palmer and Allen. Uh, this should be a pass heavy game script against the Chiefs. I do agree with you. The Chiefs pass defense is much, much better this year, so they won't be as efficient. But Herbert's only thrown for 167 and 227 yards the past two games, so have to just figure that'll go up at least. Um, so the added volume should only help Palmer, and I, I see him as more of a you know wide receiver two option this week. Yeah, uh, he's 35th in ECR right now. So Yikes. Yeah. Probably not updating based on last night quite yet. Probably or they have yeah. uh, Quentin Johnson still in the top 70. Oh, I've got to scroll. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, uh, 56. Yeah, too high. Oh, okay. Uh, who else you hiring? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm also high on Jacoby Myers. Just, you know, back-to-back games with five-plus catches and a touchdown. So he's starting to heat up. You know, unsure who the quarterback will be this week. But with Myers, I don't think it'll matter. You know, he'll still see a good number of targets. Um, you know, Devontae Adams targets – have taken a hit the past couple weeks. That's obviously not going to last. So 
he should bounce back. But I, I noticed that they use Trey Tucker as the wide mm-hmm. receiver three over Hunter Renfro. I think mm-hmm. that means, you know, Renfro could be traded very soon. Uh, but Tucker's only been targeted on 8% of his routes this year with an eight out of 15 and a half. So he's just out there running wind sprint. So if he, if he takes over as the wide receiver three, it's only going to result in more targets for Adams and Myers. So uh, Myers has an easy matchup against the bears this week. So, um, you know, I, I like him as like a high end uh, wide receiver three this week. Or a range wide receiver two. Yeah. yeah with all the bodies. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, like that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm high on Wandale. Wandale Robinson this week. Uh, another mm-hmm. guy who I don't think he's too quarterback dependent. Uh, had a pretty good game again with, with Tyrod, but he's going up against Washington. He is just outside the top 40 in ECR. I have him inside the top 40 of wide receiver 38. So fringe wide receiver three in deeper leagues. Uh, he ran a season high 73% uh, of the routes uh, last uh, against Buffalo, excuse me, and uh, four plus catches every game for Wandale, averaging five and a half catches per game. Uh, pretty low A dot guy, so the yardage only 35 yards, but uh, I think that should go, you know, that should go up. Eventually, he'll break a tackle or two and, and get some big plays. And Washington is 27th in pass defense, DVOA. So uh, pretty easy matchup for Wandale. So I think everything kind of works out for him. And a similar kind of guy I also like this week, Tutu Atwell against the Steelers. Since Cooper Cup came back, he's still averaging an 89% route participation rate. But Pittsburgh is one of the more man-heavy defenses in the league. And Atwell leads the Rams in targets uh, and receiving yards against man coverage. So this could be a week where Atwell pops, uh, you know, after a couple of uh, quiet. I know he had a touchdown, but quieter week since Cooper Cup has been back. Breaking news. Did you see the Eagles have landed Julio Jones? No. Yep. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> like, for what? Like, oh, I don't know. He's <laughs> like, just have along to for them. the ride. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, to... I mean, I know Quez went on IR, so I, I mean, I... I I guess I get it, but yeah, interesting. no impact really, right? I mean, he's, I'm, he might be the wide receiver three because I'm assuming, oh, yeah, I'm assuming. better blocker <laughs> than uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. So, I, and too much too. I I remember thinking at some point, like when watching the Eagles the last couple weeks, just like too much Zacchaeus. Like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> right. what's all this what all Zacchaeus is going on here, but uh, I, I guess they feel the same way. So uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Um, but uh, who are you low on at wide receiver this week? Uh, I'm, I'm low on Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, coming off a four-catch, 30-yard game. Uh, he's been hit or miss the last few weeks, and he would certainly take a hit if, if Lawrence is ruled out for Thursday Night Football uh, and C.J. Beathard starts. Uh, I, I don't think we know yet uh, if Lawrence is going to play or not, so that's something to monitor. But um, he would still be, you know, you know, cusp wide receiver 2-3 option just since so many teams are on a bye this week, but would ha- certainly have to lower expectations. Um, and then a- another guy I'm, I'm fairly low on is Drake London. Um, you know, he's coming off just a huge nine catch, 125 yard game. He's seen a 24% target right over the last three games. There's no question of the talent. Sorry. I love him as a talent, but like I mentioned earlier, Ritter's thrown back to back 300 plus yard passing games. That probably isn't sustainable. Um, so I haven't, you know, more as a wide receiver three option, whereas Fancy Pros has him wide receiver two. So a little bit lower on London this week. Yeah, I mean, and also Ritter on the road. You know, it tends to tend to struggle. That that kind of pulls down everybody involved in that passing game. Uh, I am low on Jamison Williams. I mean, I, I do think <laughs> he played really well. 
Uh, I liked what I saw out of him uh, against the Buccaneers. You know, got helped us with that cover. Got a beautiful adjustment on a <laughs> on a deep ball. Uh, but you know, watching him play, there's a couple of things that really concern me. So I have him still outside the top sixty. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him right around the fringe top fifty guy. But even though he's kind of ramping up, I don't know if it's, he's really ramping up because two weeks ago with Amon Ra. You know, not there. Fifty-three percent route participation rate last week. Nineteen percent. So, like, this is it's he's making the most of his routes, but it's kind of like Kadarius Tony. Like, eventually, he's gonna have uh, just a te- like bunch of terrible games because he's not on the field consistently. So, um, you know, Marvin Jones still played over him. Khalif Raymond still played over him. Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown. So, uh, you know, and this is something we kind of talked about. Like, is he gonna be any better than the? Then the third or fourth receiver, and so far, the answer has been no. So now you're facing Baltimore, who's the uh, top three pass defense in DVOA, but most importantly, number one in DVOA on deep passes is the Baltimore defense, and that's where I think it, it's it's tough for Williams because a lot of times he's running these clear out routes down the field, and he's and it's working. You know, he's he's opening up the middle and underneath for Laporta, for Amon Ross St. Brown, guys like that, but. In a game like this, I just don't know if he's going to see the snaps or the targets or the efficiency uh, against the Ravens. So, well on uh, Jamison. Yeah, it's like the full-on Jamison experience. Uh, finishes, you know, the, the wide receiver 24 on a 19% route run rate. Right, so, yeah. Like that's don't just get fooled in playing this week in you know, unsustainable. normal leagues. <laughs> uh, who, what do you got for prop? Um, let's go with uh, Jahan Dotson's. Uh, receiving yards uh, coming off a goose egg. I, I thought he would bounce back this week or sometime soon. Just curious where you're projecting him and where your thoughts are. If like, if he's going to show up anytime soon. Um, but I, I'm going to set his line at 35 and a half receiving yards. Hmm. Against the Giants. Hmm, that's, a, that's a good line. I'll take the over. I have it. 38 so right right there but three catches for 36 i think that's doable for him and uh i think one of the giant corners got hurt who was it mm. some one of the corners got hurt in the last game um it was either banks or a door somebody left the door remember that yep. yeah dory so that uh you know he he giants do play a lot of man last year he was very good against man this year not so much but you still, I mean, you got to think after a goose egg, it's just going to be a little bit more of a squeaky yeah. wheel situation. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go over, but that, that that's a good line. I have it right at, at 38. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code Action when signing up to get fifteen hundred dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa louisiana maryland massachusetts michigan new jersey ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 
More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view of all of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tip make getting in on game day a breeze and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. All right, let's close it out with tight end. Who you got in your top five? Uh, I got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, uh, and Dallas Goddard. I got Kelsey Andrews, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, and uh, TJ Hawkinson. Nice. Yeah, Killed me that Laporta was in my top five. I'm going to have to change that. <laughs> uh, who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on Logan Thomas. Uh, more of just the let's keep him as a low-end tight end one this week uh, after coming off a one-catch two-yard dud. Uh, I, I think if we benched and moved on from any fringe tight end one because they had a bad game, there wouldn't be any tight ends left. Um, <laughs> so it, it was just a weird game where the commanders – you know, they had a two-score lead for most of the game, but were also dominating in time of possession. They only had the ball for 23 minutes. Uh, so Logan Thomas didn't really have a chance. They, they weren't really throwing the ball much. So, uh, you know, I, he still has solid underlying usage. You know, I mentioned the Commanders are a very pass-heavy team. Um, you know, Eric Bieniemy's is coming from the Chiefs, so Logan Thomas is technically playing, you know, the Travis Kelsey role. So I look. I think he's going to bounce back this week. Still treating him as a, a low end tight end one option with so many teams on a bye this week. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, tight you know, guys just guys who you <laughs> think are are gonna produce are just like one catch, no catches. Yeah. Um, but you know, Travis Kelsey's still 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 floating along. Almost <laughs> he was on pace to break the all time uh, receiving record for single game for tight ends at the half last week. He cooled oh, off really? in the second half, but he had oh. I think they got a buck nine, and the record is two fourteen. So he was on pace for two eighteen at the half. And who then, has the record? Uh, like David Joku. I'm trying to guess. Like it's going to nah, be somebody like that, right? David Joku. I think <laughs> it's uh, Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Shannon oh, okay. Well, that makes it against the sense. Chiefs. Against the Chiefs. So yeah. it would have been a Chiefs against a Bronco to break it last week if Kelsey had done it. But uh, he could. Right. Off. Right. I think uh, Joku had like a massive game against the Chargers. I was just thinking uh, about that. Like oh, one forty nine. Not even close. Yeah. I would have guessed like a like Antonio Gates maybe or somebody yeah. if it wasn't yeah. uh, or Gronk obviously. Um, I am high on Pat Fryermuth. Looks like he's going to return this week. He's the tight end twenty seven in ECR. I have him as a top twelve tight end. The Rams are bottom five in DVOA against tight end, so this is just kind of a uh, matchup play. But you know, Fryermuth has been banged up almost every game in and out. Uh, but he said he could have played if the Steelers had a game mm. in week six on the bye. So coming out, I think he should be healthy. I think he should be back to a normal snap rate. And uh, I know Deontay may come back this week, but either way, just a great matchup for uh, Fryermuth. As much as you can have a great matchup with Kenny Pickett as your quarterback and Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator. (laughs) But as we said, this tight end, the low end tight end one tier is just ugly. So you're just kind of Mm -hmm. playing a matchup, playing talent here. And uh, I think Fryermuth is way too low outside of the top 20. Uh, Who are you low on? Yeah, so Zach Ertz is one of those guys that, you know, we've had as a low-end tight end one the past few weeks, but I have to remove him from that range after last week because we saw the Cardinals 
just really treat this more as a 50-50 split. Uh, both Ertz and McBride essentially ran around on 50% of Josh Dobbs' dropbacks. McBride had the much better game, uh, catching four balls for 62 yards. Uh, we've seen McBride's usage go up from you know a couple weeks, and then Ertz just went right back to dominating snaps. But mm-hmm. this seems a little bit different, or at least it's unclear on how it's going to shake out next week. But either way, we can't trust Ertz right now as a streaming option, uh, even with the, you know, the six teams on a buy, uh, this could be a situation where McBride is breaking out or it reverts back to what we've seen where Ertz is running a 70, 80% routes run rate. But either way, this is one of those situations where I think it is okay to move on and find somebody else until, you know, we get more clarity, but, uh, I'm, I'm low on Ertz this week. He's more of a, you know, a mid range tight end too, low end tight end too, uh, this week for me. Yeah. It's been tough to, it, it, there's really been no rhyme or reason with the usage <laughs> for Ertz. So, um, I, yeah, I don't, can't call it. Uh, I'm low on Kyle Pitts this week. He's my tight end 11. He's tight end nine in ECR. And that's just because even though he's been productive over these last two weeks, his route participation rate has been going down. And that's always what you don't want to see, especially at this position where routes are just so important. And, you know, he's been running a route just under 65% of the time in the last two games. And usually he's around 80% plus. So, that's kind of uh, a little bit worrisome, especially with you know Desmond Ritter likely to come back down to earth passing yardage-wise on the road. Also, Tampa Bay, number five in DVOA against the tight end position. I don't know how meaningful that is because Pitts is kind of a glorified wide receiver. But, I mean, just watching him, I, I don't know. You know, he's been productive, and they've kind of found a way to use him in, in a more limited role. But I just wonder if he's losing steps to Janu. Number one, if he's fully healthy, because watching him play, there's a lot of routes where like he'll be he'll have like a clear out deep route and won't be able to outrun like the other guy he's clearing it out for. Like a like if him and Drake London are, are like London's supposed to run the in and, and pits like the slot clear, it's like ru- London is sometimes outrunning him, which should never happen. And also he's not like doing little things like getting rubs on like running back routes out of the backfield. He's like trying to get open instead of trying to get the pick. So like, I I wonder if his, his like usage is going down just because of a mix of health and just not doing like the little things that Arthur Smith wants. So I I think we could see a a kind of a a comeback down to earth for, for Kyle Pitts too, even though he's probably been more consistent now that he's been in a while. Uh, I think it's going to end this week. Yeah, by the way, nice pick last week. You took uh, Kyle Pitts on my prop, minus a half <laughs> PPR point uh, to Johnny Smith, and he, he beat him by 0.7 points, so congrats yeah. on that. Yeah, man. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was one of those weeks for you with the props. You went 0-4 on this on the pod. Oh, with God. Like, you know, 0-2 on mine and 0-2 <laughs> on your, your book setting. So uh, got to bounce back this week. Ooh, but yeah. I, I'll give you a chance to bounce back with Zach Ertz, who you, oh, boy. Uh, you're low on. So yeah, the yardage is in all. It's either he has a good game, a really good game, or a really bad game. <laughs> so I'm gonna put his yardage prop at 27 and a half. I already wrote it down, 23 and a half. Give me the under. All right. Yeah, you know he's the, his median is what like 22 yards. So I think his average is 28, median's 22. So I was just trying to go somewhere in between there. Um, it's really hard, really hard guy to project. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think median wise, you're probably right. It's probably an under, but. I just like it's hard to say like it seems like they're like rest them one game and then next game it's like all right now and it'll exactly. unleash you again so I, I I'm I don't know exactly how I'm gonna project them yet but uh, yeah it's it's tough uh, okay that'll do it for us here week seven NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM the king of sports books. 
For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode that's out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. If you're into betting, my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stuck is right here on the Action Network podcast channel. And uh, also be sure to check out the favorites as well. ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on X at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.